Hello, and welcome to The Wise and the Wicked. My name is KJ. I have started this podcast as a means to educate myself and whoever is listening about different types of historical facts and figures which you may or may not have heard of. This means we look at all things crime, history, the problematic ones, and the problem solvers. Today, we are having a little art history lesson. Today, we are looking at the life and works of Emile Cole, a man who was known as the father of the animated cartoon. So I guess you could call this man a problem solver too. We are going to take a look at the history of the cartoons themselves and how they came to be what we know and love today. Today we are looking at the life and works of Emile Cole, a man who is known as the father of the animated cartoon. So I guess you could also call this man a problem solver as well. We are going to look at the history of cartoons themselves and how they came to what we know and love today. So my inspiration for this story came on a lazy Sunday morning, lying in bed drinking coffee and watching old, old, old episodes of The Simpsons. Then it occurred to me, How did cartoons start and what genius started them? So after a quick little Google, I found Emile Cole and it is him among many others that we have to thank for our beloved cartoons. I shouldn't have favorites, but I can safely say I enjoyed researching this episode the most so far. There are a lot of images and videos that go with today's story. So I will be posting them on my Instagram and my website, thewiseandthewicked.com. Um, pluggy, plug, plug, pluggity. Um, and so you can have a look and see what we're talking about today. So quick little disclaimer on this episode today, there's a lot of French pronunciations and I did my best, is all I can say. So let's get cracking. When we were children, we all watched and loved cartoons. And even as adults, most of us still know and love cartoons, both the modern ones and the oh-so-nostalgic ones from our youth. Cartoons are fun, filled with humour, and they tell stories. Cartoons come in many forms, but they can be kind of roughly popped into three main categories. And these are, of course, the animated motion picture, the comic strips and drawings either found in newspapers, books, pieces of art, you name it. Typically, when we think of cartoons, we think that this is a somewhat modern kind of bit of fun. However, in 2009, there was an exhibition in the prehistoric centre in the south of France. And here was a piece entitled Prehistoric de la bande dessinée et du anime, which is, for those like me who failed French in school, prehistory of the cartoon strip and the motion picture cartoon. So in this exhibit, we can see some of the earliest cave art found in the world. And this also dates back as far as 30,000 years ago. This particular exhibit is shown by Azima, who is a well-known prehistorian and filmmaker. And here, this exhibit explains that when we look at the cave art, which is depicted, it shows 
about 30 beautifully illustrated panels in a row. And we can see that the artists themselves used very similar techniques to the ones that you would see in modern cartoons today. Across the 30 panels in this exhibit, it is clear that each image shows movement of the animals across them. This is done by superimposing multiple legs on each animal to give the impression of movement. One image in particular was found at the 32,000 year old caves in the French Ardache. This portrays an image of a bison, which I will be posting on my Instagram, and it shows the animal with eight legs, giving us the impression of movement. Then when we look to other types of cartoons, like cartoon drawings, we are brought to the most popular, which would be editorial cartoons, which are also known as political cartoons. These cartoons are illustrations which contain commentary that usually relates to current political events or personalities. So these are typically done in a caricature fashion. Artists would use editorial cartoons to critique politicians, governments and societal norms. These types of cartoons are derived from satirical art. Now the use of satire in art can be found way, 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 way back. According to the authors of The Ungentlemanly Art, historians found in ancient Egyptian caves art which was depicted mocking King Tutankhamun's father-in-law, who was really not very well liked. And similarly, when we look into Pompeii, there are findings here of Roman soldiers' graffiti, which mocked a centurion, which was the name for the commanders in the ancient Roman army. The word cartoon only came into use during the Renaissance. Before this, they were known as proprietary sketches. So we should all be familiar with the Renaissance and its impact on the art world. But if you aren't, to put it very simply, the Renaissance was a transformative cultural and artistic movement that spread completely across Europe between the 14th and 17th century. And this era brought about art in a new and very modern, for the time, way. And it showed art by free-thinking artists and not just religious artworks. It shifted focus and brought a new way of thinking about art into the world. And it also brought about financial support and creative freedom for the artists. This changed the framework for art entirely and would lay the groundwork for future art movements, of which there are so many. In fact, we could talk about them all day. But today we are talking about one in particular, and this is called the Incoherent Movement. Now, if you've never heard of the Incoherent Movement, don't worry, neither had I. <laughs> this movement is a very, very small and short-lived and mostly forgotten French art movement. The movement took place in the 19th century and was founded by a Parisian writer called Jules Levy. The Incoherent Movement was basically the idea to organize an exhibition of drawings by artists who cannot draw. <laughs> so in July in 1882, it was the first of many organized events in the name of the Incoherent Movement. Many curious people attended and were met with, quote, a bric-a-brac of rebellious works using all the materials and all the inspirations with the ultimate goal of making people laugh. The exhibition was an unexpected success. After the success of the movement, the Incoherence went on to organise balls or galas again with the promise, a single goal will propose to you, laugh and frankly cheer you up. 
At one of the first balls organized, the walls were decorated with huge signs saying, melancholy need not enter here, and please do not spit on the ceiling. This was a rip-roaring success. Everybody absolutely loved it. It was fun. It was a bit of freedom for people. But unfortunately, the movement came to an end shortly after in 1887, after it was discovered that some people were using the name of the incoherent movement to seek profit, which of course was totally against the idea in the first place. People seemed to be opening up cafes and fashion lines in the name of the movement that weren't actually related to the movement at all. However, the movement along with its satirical nature influenced later art techniques which were associated with the avant-garde and the anti-artworks. And this movement brought about one artist that was an incoherent himself and he would change the framework of cartoons in motion picture forever. And the main character of our story today, Emile Cole. So Emile Cole was born Emile Eugène Jean-Louis Corté in 1857 in Paris. Cole's mother was a linen sewer and his father was a rubber salesman. His family really struggled to make ends meet and after his mother died at the age of six, Cole was shipped off to a boarding school. However, at the school, a teacher here was one of the first people that discovered the young boy's talent for drawing. And once while Cole was home from school, he would continue his drawings. But during one summer in particular, he found a love for stamp collecting. And this hobby was quite popular at the time, late in the mid to late 1800s. Um, this hobby would actually serve as a main source of income to him over the kind of harsher parts in his life. However, due to the outbreak of the Franco-Prussian War in 1870, Cole had to be sent to a less expensive school and was taken out of that boarding school that he loved so much. And this was because his father couldn't afford to send him there anymore because his workplace was shut down. This school was also in Paris, but Cole completely lost interest in attending school. The young teen was more excited about exploring the streets of Paris and watching history being made. It was during the days of wandering around that Cole discovered two art forms which would form the foundation of his artistic career. And these were puppet theatre and political caricatures. This discovery would push Cole's life in a very, very different direction. Political caricatures were all the rage around this time, even though they were suppressed by Napoleon III. So during his reign, which was from 1852 to 1870, Louis Napoleon, quote, feared the power of the cartoon to make him appear ridiculous and he instituted one of the most effective and heavy-handed regimes of censorship of comic art in all of European history. He also then went on to pressure neighbouring countries and empires to carry out the same censorship. During this time, the Franco-Prussian War, they were what was called free-for-all weeks. So during these weeks, caricaturists and other artists were allowed to display their works on broadsheets and post them around the local streets. And it is said that these caricatures would provide a lot of much-needed escapism for local population during the Prussian siege of Paris. As you can imagine, it was a very harsh time in Paris and it's no harm to make people laugh. This was also how a young Cole first set his eyes on the art form and how his love began to grow. 
So it is said that Cole's father, Ellie, tried to set his son on a different path from that of an artist. He knew that the life of a struggling artist would be very, very difficult for his son and he wanted to push him into a business world and have a better career, you know. He went on to organise jobs for his young son, but absolutely none of them stuck. All he wanted to do was draw caricatures and he really didn't care that this would often mean that he went hungry. In 1878, Cole began to work for André Gill, who at the time was one of the most well-known caricaturists in France. It was around this time that Cole would sign off his works with his new name, Emile Cole. He and his caricatures quickly became well-known. He became famous for caricatures which depicted the then-president Patrice McMahon. One image in particular was a depiction of McMahon as a blind beggar with the caption Aveugle par accident, which is a play on words for the French word accident, which referred to the recent battle of Sedan where the French were defeated by Prussia. So essentially it insinuated that the loss of the battle was the fault of McMahon. And of course this really pissed him off and he therefore made it punishable to ridicule the president. So... As a result, Cole was given a fine and sentenced to 10 days in prison for his cartoon. Of course, art being art, this punishment only served to make Cole even more famous and McMahon was already a very unpopular guy. Three months later, the president resigned and under the next president, this ban was lifted. So in 1881, Cole was married, although there is very little known about his first wife. But around the same time, Andre Gill, the caricaturist who became a dear friend as well as a mentor to Cole, was admitted to the Chariton Mental Asylum. Gill unfortunately never recovered from his illness and due to his illness he was actually completely deserted by all friends and fans during his time. He was in this asylum for four years and later passed away. Cole was the one and only person by his side and Cole never forgot the desertion that happened to Gil at this time and how all fans and all friends completely turned their back on him. It never ever left his mind. In 1883, Cole got acquainted with a new artistic group. These were called the Incoherence, as we mentioned earlier, as we all know, and soon he became editor-in-chief of their magazine and he contributed many caricatures. And when the incoherent came to an end, so did Cole's first marriage. And he then moved to London in 1888. During his time in London, he worked for Pick Me Up magazine, where they published a lot of his works. And his caricatures soon became spotted all over Europe. He moved back to Paris later then in 1896 and soon married again to Suzanne Depley. It is said that the years later, in 1907, one day Cole was just walking down the street and he saw an advertisement that was alarmingly similar to one of his comic strips that was published in Pick Me Up magazine. His work had clearly been stolen, clearly plagiarised, and due to his outrage of his work being plagiarised, Cole, without any hesitation, went straight to the company who was behind the advertisement to confront the manager. And the film studio behind the ad at the time was called Gaumont. They loved Cole's work. And while confronting the manager, the manager was just so happy to see him that he hired him on the spot to be a writer and a scene artist. So 
At the age of 50, Cole decided, okay, and he changed his career and he soon began working for the company. And in addition to writing stories when he was while his time at Gamont, he started making some special effects for some of the live action films at the time. So another artist around the same time was a man called John Stuart Blackton. He became a huge inspiration to Cole. Blackton was a well-known film animation pioneer. He made a lot of short films and he totally amazed his audiences. One film in particular is called The Haunted Hotel. Again, will be posted on Instagram so you can have a look. Um, This film was released in 1907 and was the first of its kind. Viewers were totally in awe of this film when it came out. The story follows a man staying in a hotel where items inside the hotel come to life. For example, without any spoilers, he sits down, takes off his gloves and put his gloves on his knee. And very shortly after, the gloves comes to life and starts to crawl across the room. The use of the animation in the glove and the movement around the house itself was just absolutely groundbreaking at this time and it left viewers totally in awe. An earlier film made by Blackton was the main inspiration for Cole. This film was called Humorous Phases of Funny Faces and was released in 1906. In this particular film, we see faces drawn on a chalkboard. And as you watch the film, the faces change and begin to interact with each other. Again, I will link this video and the Haunted House video on Instagram so you can watch. So Cole at the time would follow Blackton's work meticulously, frame by frame by frame, to learn how he actually did it because animation at the time was still in its infancy so there was no books or any media available and how the process worked so the best way for Cole to learn was trial and error. In 1908 Cole released the first ever fully animated film. This was called Fatus Morge which roughly translates to bizarre idea and indeed it is a bizarre idea if you watch it it's great (laughs) you're gonna love it. So the name itself is a nod to the incoherent art movement which started the process to begin with. The 1 minute and 20 second long film shows a stick figure who bumps into all sorts of kinds of morphing objects and shapes that turn into each other essentially. The main difference between Cole and Blackton's work is that the humorous phases of funny faces was actually drawn on a chalkboard and then filmed in sequence one by one by one to follow the story along. While Fatis Morge was created using approximately 700 different drawings, these drawings were done on individual separate sheets of paper and following this Cole would use illuminated glass plate to trace the consecutive drawings with slight variations and this then would create the look of movement. So the drawings were then filmed frame by frame in order to create a film. It is said that the different techniques used to film this made all the difference to viewers. While Blackton's animation showed a step-by-step transformation of the characters, Cole's technique brought about a much more fluid movement to the characters. When you watch the two one after the other, you can really see how Cole is showing a much higher level of visual tricks. Before the release of the two films, the closest thing to an animation available was the flip book. I don't know if anyone knows what the flip book is, but the flip book 
for those who are unfamiliar, is a small book where each page shows a very small difference to the same character. And when you flip through the pages, it gives the impression of movement within the character. And the quicker you flick, the quicker the character moves. This technique is essentially what Cole used, and it, was, it represents the same theory, which we can see tracing all the way back to those caves 30,000 years ago. His technique is much closer to the traditional methods of cartoon making, which is why Fadis Morgay is considered the first fully animated cartoon film with tr using traditional methods. The film became the catalyst for traditional cartoon making. At the time, it was considered completely groundbreaking and it showed entirely new possibilities of cartoons for filmmaking and artistic impression through entertainment. Following the release of Fatis Morgue, Cole created three similar films all around the same time. And in 1910, cartoons and animated films rose to popularity and began to be created for movie theatres. And in 1910, Cole moved to work in a different company and this company is called Pathé. I think the word company is too small a word for Pathé. It is a complete empire. The company is still alive and kicking today and is responsible for a plethora of wonderful and very well-known films. Some examples include Slumdog Millionaire, Chicken Run, 127 Hours, The Beauty and the Beast, The New One, and the list goes on. During Cole's time in Pathé, he continued to work on special effects and would do so for a number of live action comedies such as Les Petits Fatus and Les Petres Neo-Impressionistes. I'm laughing at my own French, um, which was very, very early shown use of colour in animation. He later would go on to use different types of media. And we know from our earlier discussion that he was a huge fan of puppets. So he would use puppets as well as drawings and actual cardboard cutouts, essentially, to create many different types of films. Between 1908 and 1923, Cole created over 250 films. Across these films were all sorts of firsts. And we can see the first animated hero, a character called Fantanche, uh, the first puppet animation and the first use of colour. So Cole was absolutely the original pioneer of cartoons and all things animation. Later in 1911, Cole went to work for a company called Eclipse and during the time he worked for Eclipse they allowed him to work alongside other companies as well and he also worked for an American company called Eclair. So he shortly went to America to work on a TV series and this TV series became very well known and it was an adaptation of a newspaper comic called The Newlyweds. The series was a huge success and set the fire of animated film alight in the States. In early 1914, his personal life changed and he had to return to France immediately to attend to urgent family matters. However, shortly after his return to Paris, there was a huge fire in the American Eclair, destroying most of their films and including a lot of Cole's work. Only two of his works from his time at Eclair actually survived to this day. Later in 1914, World War I began. And with that, it brought the French film industry pretty much to a standstill. As Cole was 57 years old at the time, he would not be drafted. 
and he would still continue to make films at the time but he really like his heart wasn't in it anymore he and his beloved wife were spending much more time together as she was incredibly ill at this time and would shortly pass away thereafter in 1918 Cole began to dedicate his time fully to serving his country in the war and he then volunteered to the United States Air Service Supply and when the war was over Cole made one final film of note this was published a year later with little to no hype um, the French film industry was really not the main focal point for film anymore at the time as American cartoons began to take the world by storm. French film was largely forgotten and little to no attention was being paid to it. It is a cruel, cruel fact. Um, in the 1920s and 1930s in American film is when we see the likes of Mickey Mouse and Betty Boop rising to fame. After the First World War ended, Cole spent a lot of his life living very very poor and very hungry he was mostly forgotten in france at this time as france entered the great depression cole like many others were living in complete poverty cole was living in what was essentially a slum without any electricity and one day in 1937 an 80 year old cole was trying to get warm with the light of a candle and he actually set his beard on fire it was this event that brought him to the local charity hospital where he would later die from pneumonia and other complications. An article I found which reflected on the unfortunate ending for the pioneer Cole was written by a historian, David Robinson, and he reflected, quote, the cinema has never been a grateful child, which I think is a really interesting way to sum it up, because even though he's had a huge, huge impact on the world of animation and cartoon and everything we know and love today, he was largely forgotten and he died in a very, very sad way. And, you know, after your 15 minutes of fame ends, you know, it is a harsh, harsh world. Um, so actually out of the 250 films that Cole worked on during his life, less than 40 survive to this day and most of which can be found on YouTube and although at the time of his death Cole was largely forgotten his impact on the animation film industry cannot be overstated. Apart from being the first to use the more traditional techniques of cartoon and being one of the first minds to even think to create moving cartoons Cole's work projected much more than this. His artistic gifts gave life and innovation and a sense of poetry and freedom along with humor and satire to the animation world. Through Cole's works, we see pure and unbridled imagination. Cole's work would go on to inspire many artists and animators who followed him. His film techniques influenced a generation of animators globally. The list of well-known artists that were influenced by his work is a very long one. This includes Norman McLaren, who is known mostly today for being the first one to combine film and sound. Um, Windsor Maclay, who is known for the Summerland and the Little Nemo comic book strips. And a very famous Polish artist, Sarowicz, who is known for his innovative works in 
puppeteering and puppet animation. That is just to name a few. He was also given a shout out by Walt Disney himself. Um, today, Cole is commonly known across the globe for being the father of the animated cartoon. And there is actually a lot of animation schools dedicated to him. Um, which is really cool and I really hope you get the opportunity to hop onto YouTube and have a look at more of his works because it's truly fascinating to watch um, especially for the time it was incredible to see just the pure use of imagination it was absolutely fascinating so I really hope you enjoy and I hope you give it a look um, and thank you for listening to today's episode that is the story of Emil Cole the father of the animated cartoon. Um, I'll see you in a couple of weeks for the next one. Mm-hmm.